Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome in to Purple Daily. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff producing our special guest on this episode, Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus. And if you're watching on YouTube, you see a glorious play on loop here. You see on YouTube Cam Dantzler going stride for stride with Adam Thielen at Vikings practice and making a brilliant pass breakup. We're going to break all of this down and more with Eric Eager, but a quick shout out to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated has been helping business owners in the Twin Cities for over 100 years. This is a terrible year for most of us in 2020, but especially if you're a business owner, to uh, to not have that peace of mind and that frontline protection that Federated Insurance brings. So stop by their website, federatedinsurance.com, where you can find all kinds of trusted resources. Remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. And uh, gentlemen, Eric Eager, Pro Football Focus, it is Cam Dantzler's business to protect that football from getting in the hands of Adam Thielen. Are you, if you had to make a decision right now, are you buying into the one day of Cam Dantzler hype that he has helped solve the cornerback <laughs> problem? Gun to the head. You have to make your families on the line. What's your decision? Well, people forget that when uh, my colleague George Shahuri and I put out our mock draft, we had Dantzler going to the Vikings at 25. Now, he slid all the way to the third round. Um, you know, But he, I, th- I thought he was a good example of one of those prospects where the combine made little sense. And he dropped, you know, probably too much, um, you know, as a result. So, you know, yeah, I think I think he's going to be, be a good prospect. The issue is, and I, you know, Judd and I talked about this yesterday. Like the base rate for the Vikings is higher than people believe. I mean, Trey Wayne's was a disappointment relative to being the 11th overall pick and being picked seven picks ahead of Marcus Peters, but he was an average cornerback in the NFL and. It's a remarkable feat to be a rookie and then become an average quarterback, uh, cornerback uh, in the NFL. We've seen it from Mike Hughes, drafted kind of in the same spot, uh, you know, as Gladney. You know, when it, it, two years, you know, you have injuries, you have ineffective play, you have teams picking on you, things like that. Like, I, I'm buying into him long term, and I'm buying into the Vikings long term with these 15 draft picks. Insofar as 2020, I'm not. Okay, so I w- went through the roster, Eric, last night, and the Vikings have 10 corners on the 80-man roster right now. The most experienced that they have among those 10 
are Holton Hill and Mike Hughes, who are third-year guys. They did not have OTAs. They did not have um, camps during the summer. Um, they are not going to have exhibition games. They are going to have limited padded practices. If the Vikings were to call you and consult with you and ask you for for analysis, statistical help in how do we decide who should start on opening day with a group that is incredibly young, what's your starting point and what you tell them? Yeah, I mean, that's it. it and really, it's it's stuff that's not really their fault. But like a couple of lines of research that I've done in my group that have pointed towards the fact that this is an uphill battle for them are the first one is when you look at the grades of a secondary and, and the Vikings have you know two very good safeties, but how a secondary performs against the pass is generally speaking a function of the fourth or fifth best player in the secondary. So, you know, that they're going to have to. So for me, it's not just Hughes. It's not just Hill. It's not just one of the rookies, um, you know, doing well or, or Chris Boyd. It's like you need three or four of them to do well in order to do in order to, you know, perform, uh, you know, admirably. And then the other one, which is we saw this with Minnesota in 2013 with with Josh Robinson replacing Antoine Winfield is you need experience in the slot to be good in the slot. And that to me is the one thing where I look at the Vikings and they don't have, I mean, Hughes played early on in the slot in 2018, but he doesn't have a ton of experience there. So for me, I would say for them, my biggest piece of advice is you got to find somebody to play that nickel position and you have to, you know, basically, you know, give them, you know, all the reps there. And I know it's not technically a starter position. And I know some people think it's a step backwards, but you're in this league. You look at their their schedule of opposing quarterbacks. They're going to be a nickel a lot. And that nickel is going to matter way more than it did a season ago when they were playing a lot of backup quarterbacks and bad offenses. And so, like, my biggest piece of advice is to find a guy to play in the inside um, and, and have that player, you know, sort of focus there. Um, because if they don't, it's going to be a very weak defensive secondary for them. Eric, I love that you brought up sort of the depth angle of this and and brought up 2013 Josh Robinson because you can you you, you can we, we focus so much on having that top shutdown guy, right? It, we, you know what's what's your Revis Island? What's your roads closed? And that is very important. It's very much a safety blanket to have Xavier Rhodes in his prime from five years ago, and you can just not worry about that part of the field. But when you're facing quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers from 2013 and and look around the league, there's like 20 dudes who can put a ball wherever they want to right now. They're going to find the Josh Robinson if he's out there. They're going to find your third and fourth option in nickel and dime and on third and eight. And it doesn't matter if Xavier Rhodes is over here. If you've got some slappy with his head turned around the wrong way, you're going to get beat. Yeah, and that's what we found. I mean, when you look at... There, there, are, there are strong link systems in the league and there are weak links, link systems in the league. And it almost always depends upon whether you're being attacked or not. And, and I think Vikings fans know this. When you look at one other weak link system is the offensive line. It doesn't matter if you have Tyron Smith or Brian O'Neill in their case, who I think has been brilliant his first few years. The other team can line up their best pass rusher against your worst offensive lineman. And there's not a whole lot you can do about it. You can't switch guys around. On defense, like you said, if you have a shutdown corner, there are some schematic things you can do to funnel things towards him. But 
when push comes to shove, you can just put your best receiver and line him up against the weakest player on the other team. And with rare exceptions, like the other team has to sort of deal with that. So, you know, when I look at this team, this team has depth issues in two really important positions and that's, you know, cornerback and wide receiver. And even though I think that they're going to struggle at wide receiver, there's things they can do offensively to basically throw the ball all the time to Adam Thielen that I think are not going to be afforded to them. They can't just tell Aaron Rodgers not to throw the ball to Devontae Adams, uh, you know, against Mike Hughes or against, you know, Holton Hill, I think it's actually okay. But like one of the, if one of these rookies really struggles, it's going to be a really tough time for them defensively. Is there a, in your mind, a veteran corner that they should explore a bit? Because that's the one, the one thing I don't get is, is, you know, Zim has talked about continually. I don't have patience. I know that I lack it. Um, and it's almost like his hubris, though, says, well, I'm so good at coaching corners that I can coach these kids up. And it's not that these kids aren't good, but back to your point, there's areas of experience that are just going to be um, not there on opening day. Is there a corner that they would be wise to go out and, and at least make a pitch for who could step in and help Holton Hill, Mike Hughes? Coyle, because Grandland. The entire list, but the entire yeah. list of 10 guys is basically youth. You know, I mean, Dantzler and Gladney, these guys can't be expected to play day one and be successful. And to me, with Zim admitting he has no patience, you're setting yourself up for, for failure on both sides from the coaching standpoint and the kids standpoint. Yeah, again, I, I think that's where, you know, ter- um uh, that's where Terrence Newman did so much good for this mm-hmm. team because, you know, Zimmer trusted him and there were times in, you know, from 15 on where there was a young player that I thought had promise that wasn't coming along fast enough. And Zimmer just said, look, I'm pulling the plug. I'm putting Newman in here. You know, it was right. It was left cornerback in 2015 when uh, Trey Waynes wasn't good enough to start. And then in, in 20, I think it was 17, you know, they went and they kind of shared the nickel role between Mackenzie Alexander and Terrence Newman. And, and he was, you know, eventually Alexander became a pretty good nickel. And so, there's not that player on the roster right now for the Vikings. I think of, you know, you look, Logan Ryan's a player that hasn't been signed. He has a ton of nickel experience. He's not very, like, he's not great. Like, but Terrence Newman wasn't great before he, you know, went on the Vikings. He was solid, and obviously Zimmer could use him. Now, now the issue with Newman, you know, versus, you know, Logan Ryan versus Newman is Ryan's predominantly a nickel guy. And, you know, we've just seen, like, Zimmer, like, in 2013, the Seahawks cut Winfield, and they didn't even go after him. I think Zimmer sometimes has these, like, sort of, uh, you know, pride issues where he makes a decision, he goes with it. And usually it's fine because his instincts are pretty good as a defensive mind. But I think in this case, like, they kind of have to go in, especially now that Michael Pierce opted out, and they have some actual cap space. They should go and get somebody like Logan Ryan to sort of play inside and, and you know, work with, uh, you know, those younger players in the secondary. So, Eric, we've got these questions about uh, the, the, the secondary, the cornerback spot. We've got, and I, I want to ask about interior defensive line here too, but I want to bring up, a statistic that I ran by Judd on the show last week because it's sort of you've got you've got this 20-year bin of evidence I'm about to give you and then you've got these question marks on defense and it's going to be a huge challenge to 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 get to where Mike Zimmer wants to be Mike Zimmer has been a head coach or defensive coordinator for 20 years going back to 2000 with the Dallas Cowboys was his first year as the defensive coordinator there if you take away his one weird year in Atlanta where Bobby Petrino left and just quit in the middle of the season and that whole team was a disaster, 
Mike Zimmer defenses have never finished worse than 19th in yards allowed defensively. If you just want to go, you know, it's not very analytical, but if you want to just go yards allowed, 19th is the worst ranking that a Mike Zimmer defense has had total yardage. Um, There's a lot of top 10s, and there's a couple 12, 13, 14s in there. What do you think the ultimate upside is? Whatever metric you want to use, I know you guys have different forms of measuring and grading at Pro Football Focus. What do you think the upside is if everything clicks and Cam Dantzler and Gladney, like some of these young guys, figured out early? And what do you think is the absolute downside for this defense? You know, I, I think Zimmer's never going to be the defensive coordinator or the the head coach of a team that has a bad, like a 30th you know ranked defense. Um, so, you know, I would say that the floor is probably, you know, 24, 25. Um, you know, they, they play enough. There's enough variance this year where they play Trubisky, Foles twice. You know, Stafford's uh, no lock to play all, all 16 games. Rodgers is actually a lot worse than I think Vikings fans believe he is. Um, you know, they do play a tough schedule all the rest of, you know, the, the rest of the games that they have. But they'll, they'll, you know, they've always done a really good job of shutting down bad teams. They're like the anti-Mike Tice in that way. Um, but, you know, if everything works for them at the cornerback position, I think that they could, you know, be a top 10 defense. The issue is we've always seen with the Vikings under Zimmer, we've seen this thing work in concert. The, the defensive backs force the quarterback to hang on to the ball an extra tenth of a second. And there are players that can get home, you know, in the front seven. And I wonder about that now because, you know, Joseph's gone, obviously Griffin's gone. And I know Adegabo is a player that people like, but like we're talking about Hall of Fame caliber, at least Ring of Honor caliber defensive players for the Vikings being replaced by rookies. And I just wonder, like, for the Vikings to be a top 10 defense, all of the answers that or all the questions that we have about their defense you know, right defensive end, interior pressure, um, Anthony Barr, could he bring some heat as a blitzer that he's never brought before? And then all three young corners, all those have to be an answer of yes. And I just really have a hard time of seeing all of those being yes at once. And so if there, if some of them are no's, I think Zimmer can keep them from being a terrible defense. But, you know, in a season where I think the only thing that they have going for them is a bad division, like – they they're going to probably need a defense that's in the top half at least. And I just don't see that happening if any of the answer to these questions is no. I I went to uh, the first full pad of practice on Monday, Eric, and I saw something that I'm going to tell you about, and it's going to be uh, under the uh, category of way too early to panic, but it's a play I'm going to explain to you. And I'm going to tell you why, why I think it's a huge indication of, of a potential problem for the 2020 Vikings. Okay. Offensively, it's a nice play. So if you like offense, it's great. I think it was a check down, though, uh, from Cousins to C.J. Ham that essentially went right up the gut, okay? And Kendricks was a step late. And I think at first you say, oh, Kendricks was a step late. That's odd. It's early. No big deal. But I don't think that's it at all. I don't think Kendricks screwed up one bit. Here's the problem. In the middle of that defensive line were Jalil Johnson and Shamar Stefan, okay, who are really going to be there? Like this is not a this is not a second team training camp practice. This is the real thing. Till Snacks Harrison shows up. Uh, exactly right. But the point is, the point is that's the type of play. So Kendricks is a good player. We all agree he's a Pro Bowl coming off a great year. But part of the reason why he he was so good was, was because 
Um, Joseph, in particular, for a long time, was damn good, too. And that freed Kendricks up to be able to make plays, to have times. And that interior of the Vikings' defensive line had some push. These guys have no push. I think that play is an indicator of something that opposing teams are going to exploit again, again, and again if, indeed, Shamar Stefan is your nose tackle and a guy like Jalil Johnson is your three-tech. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's it's not going to be great for that. I mean, I, it's his opinion. I look at, I look at you know, and and I'm I'm one of those people that will tell you every year. You look at the bottom ten teams in the league in terms of yards per carry allowed, and half of those teams make the playoffs because the smart teams will let you run the ball on them a little bit because you'd rather give up five yards on the ground than seven and a half in the air on average, but. Zimmer's defense is predicated. If you look at some of them, they're a statistical outlier in terms of forcing long yardage plays and then being very good on them in third down. Um, and I don't think that's going to be the case. I mean, Shamar Stevan, and, you know, God bless him, but, it, you know, everybody on the Vikings talks well about him. He is one of the least productive players across positions in the entire NFL. And, you know, I, I can't see, I mean, he had like four pressures last year. And, you know, rushing the passer. And then, you know, so you're making him a one-dimensional nose tackle, which, again, like, you got to find players to replace him. And I, and I maybe maybe Dom Capers being in there is going to make them do more odd man fronts where you just solve the problem by playing fewer defensive linemen, something like that. But when I look at, you know, this defense, it's predicated on, like, being strong against the run on early downs. And a lot of that has to do with having a nose tackle that can eat blockers. And, you know, Linval had regressed a little bit, but he could still do that. And Michael Pierce, I think, had promise there. There's none of that this year. So they might be a sieve against the run on early downs, which, again, is going to put more pressure on their defensive backs on later downs. It's it's rough. And, again, like everybody comes back to, oh, well, Linval was falling off. Xavier Rhodes wasn't good last year. Trey Waynes has never been that great. But all those guys, like, collectively, I think, were bigger than the sum of the parts because of experience and because of, you know, mainly being in Zimmer's system for so long. You take that away too. And I, I just, it's, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to sound negative, but I think like there's the, there's a huge issue with this, with this defense because of just so many things have to be answered. Yes. And it, the Shamar Stefan one is to me, I'm going to, I would lay a pretty decent price that he's not going to be effective in that role. I mean, I think it, it, it it's just more evidence that this is a transition year for the Vikings. It's not, I mean, if Kirk Cousins goes down, it's a, it could be a train wreck year in some ways. But it's if Cousins stays healthy, it's a transition year. You know, they're they're probably tracking toward eight and eight, and if they if they get fortunate in a couple situations, but but use this year with fifteen rookies coming in and and with a couple young cornerbacks to to transition into something better for two thousand twenty one, and um, and thus the contract extensions for for Spielman and Zimmer. Hey, Eric, before we say goodbye. Uh, I know Pro Football Focus, you guys have, I believe you just unveiled your college football platform too. So go ahead and plug anything you want for our audience here. Yeah, I know it's a disappointing fall for college football fans where you, you know, where you guys live and where I live in, in Cincinnati here, there's, you know, uh, no, no Ohio State football, no Minnesota Golden Gophers football. But if you're, if you're looking for teams to like in college football and the other three power five conferences, uh, our college product, uh, you know, you can go back and research the old teams. Like we have data from 2014, 2019 that's as extensive as our NFL product. So go ahead and get yourself a subscription there. Um, you know, we're continuing to host the PFF forecast. We're going to have Adam Schefter on 
Uh, tomorrow, I believe we have we've had Chris Collins with Mina Kimes. Uh, you know, some really cool uh, you know names. Uh, you know, on in recent weeks. Uh, it's been a long off season, as you guys know. Hopefully, hopefully, all of these pieces of content uh, can brighten everybody's day uh, as we we close in on three weeks before the first game. Awesome, man! That's uh, PFF Eric Eric Eager, who's been a friend of of the Mackie and Judd show for for a number of years too. And we appreciate you bringing your analytical genius to our platform here. And we'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks, Eric. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right, that's a wrap on this episode of Purple Daily. Be sure to click the subscribe button on our YouTube page. Leave some comments and uh, check us out in podcast form to Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com. See you guys. This holiday, whether you're making a Fred Meyer Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Fred Meyer has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.